0: The 13th floor, floor, floor.
1: The 13th floor. Welcome ladies and gentlemen to the 13th floor where the furniture isn't always the best, but the views are amazing. I am your moderator B. Jones back in the saddle this week. And I am joined by Mike D. What's happening, baby?
0: How to do everyone? How to do, how to do.
1: I want that on the wall back there. Since we are gonna be Greek fraternities. Uh, that Bar-
0: that Barack Obama poster right there. You look at <laughs> <laughs> so that. That's the only wow. thing you in Barack Obama right there.
1: <laughs> uh, the BJ, <laughs> what's going on, man? How you doing?
0: It's all good, baby. All
2: good. All good down this way.
1: There it is. on still got that smile on your face, man. What's happening?
3: Yep, yeah, man. A good. All is well. All- <laughs> Just,
4: just all that, all that wisdom making you smile, huh? Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. You <laughs> and our very own growth Alchemist. That's what we doing now, right, K? What's going on?
4: Yeah, man, that's what we doing. That's what I've always been, man. We just, you know, we just finally put the right name on it.
3: Yes, yes.
4: So, but I'm good, man. I'm happy to be here. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm really thrilled that you all let me be here amongst the Greek, <laughs> on the, on the Greek <laughs> podcast week. We um, gotta
1: do it, man. We need your perspective, man. In case yeah. uh, or in case things get too far out of line, you know.
4: Kind of weird. I used to mess people up on campus all the time. They used to be like, Are you Greek? I used to be like, No, I'm Roman.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> True story.
2: I've seen it, they heard it many times. And
4: people used to be like, Well, well, how long has that been around?
0: <laughs> 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 what?
1: Roman <laughs> like, oh, society yeah. though, man. That's they crazy. I used to be so caught up in the gladiators and uh there was one show that was on TV a while back man I can't remember the name of it uh it escaped, Zena? but it was really good wasn't Zena was,
3: huh wasn't Zena
1: the warrior princess nah, it's not Zena it was about um <laughs> it was about a gladiator type man and he started from the bottom beat the I think his name like Xerxes Z- or something like that C- Crixus was one of them I can't remember the daggone on show man I know. You um, got <laughs> me
4: Yeah, you got me, man
1: uh, Y'all supposed to help me out, man Are you talking
4: about Hercules?
1: No, man, it's not Hercules not a movie. It, was about... on, um, it was on, like um I think it show. came on, like, Showtime or something like that
3: Oh, one of the old
1: ones, oh Yeah, yeah, yeah You
3: gonna,
1: oh. gonna make me look this thing up uh, It's a rose, Caesar uh,
4: Oh, it was like a little series, right? Yeah Yeah, I still don't know what you're talking about <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: Spartacus. That's what it was. Spartacus. I didn't remember that. I remember seeing it, but I remember it. Spartacus was dope, man.
0: Yeah. Oh, Spartacus was, was he Greek. He was Roman.
1: And they gave you all of all of the Roman society and everything that goes with it. They were some uh some uh, interesting individuals. I'll leave it there since we do yeah. not have the uh the explicit rating this week. There you go. <laughs> We'll see how far that gets. All right,
3: you right. <laughs> sure, already got it by showing Barack in the background. Explicit. Uh, right. Yeah. Exactly.
4: <laughs> keep that out. They're, they're
3: um, talking about games. What?
2: Right. <laughs>
4: hey, so I, I know Brett is in the saddle, but I was just curious. Did, did any of you guys fill out a bracket this year for yeah. March Madness? Mm-mm.
3: No. No. If you can't be way into the to final four, I never do it. Because I always put them to final four, even though I know they won't win. I keep them- yeah, the
2: lady the ladies just lost about 9 o'clock by, like, literally by two points.
3: Wow.
2: Wow. They made it the first time in 316 since 94, I think, 95. Mm-hmm. And they lost the last, the last couple seconds, man.
4: Damn. Well, so they lost by two points. UCF lost to Duke by one point and yeah, was actually leading – Wow, with like twenty seconds left that. in the game. I
2: heard wow. I saw that. Oh, I saw people talking about it they were pissed. <laughs> Gotta
1: box out and make your layup, son man. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: Mike D, what you think about this young man Zion, man?
0: Uh Cam Reddish is the best of all three. Zion good, but I'll book it. Cam Reddish is the best of all three.
1: So you think he's gonna be all uh, three
0: who? uh all he's three the, of the Duke, Duke uh the Duke yeah, they got Showtime Duke. guys. Yeah. Yeah, RJ Barrett, he has no lift on this game. He's got old man D-Way game. Be <laughs> D-way ain't got a ring.
3: That old man game. True,
0: but he, Dway had explosion though. Like yeah, yeah. RJ Barrett got too many moves. <laughs>
3: the old man knees <laughs>
0: already. Which which worse? Like <laughs> you're like eighteen,
3: nineteen years old. Young thing. Uh, Zion, it's okay, did you fill out a bracket? No, man, absolutely not,
4: man. I... <laughs>
3: I think I don't know enough. To, I don't watch it enough. It's time. hard for me to watch college basketball. This is the team. only
4: – that, that UCF-Duke game is the only game that I saw, and it just – it was by chance that oh, I saw. Oh, yes. wow, UCF! – first I was even surprised. Like, man, UCF is in this tournament. And then, um, yeah, after that I was like, oh, wow, no winning.
0: Yes. If you don't know enough, you got to be real deep to get the middle games and mm-hmm. 15, 14, 13. If it's a real upset, and who stink? It's <laughs> yeah. uh, just, just not interesting. This is a
1: big waste of time for me. But, um, yeah, as we mentioned, man, we're going to get into the Greek organizations this week on the podcast. Uh, and it sparked from an interesting conversation we had a little while ago. I'm going to start with you, Carol, man. And you thinking that we were talking about the Staples within the black community. And you brought up the fact that our uh, black Greek organizations probably are the in the best position to affect change within the black community. So I want to start there as to why you think so, outside of the establishment of like the church or any other organizations.
4: Right, so um, independent from the church, right? So not in the traditional pillar of the black community, which would be black religion, right? Mm-hmm. So. Slightly removed, and I only say slightly because there, there is a theme right throughout the the divine nine. What are we up to? Ten now? Or is it still No, now?
1: Nah, It's not gonna be anymore. You, you talk Probably. to the right person, it might be eight. We're
4: going back. Okay, I'm sorry, man. I forgot I, I'm on I'm on here with some some old head Greeks. <laughs> um, my fault but um so let's talk so we'll go back to the elite 8 so, so so there is a common theme right of of service um amongst all of them and every person that goes to college in most cases most colleges you go if if you know they're not suspended on moratorium or all that good stuff um you get a chance to at least be exposed right um so i think you get to touch people in a more genuine Hey, I'm interested in this organization for those that are inter- that for those um, that are interested for the right reasons, right? Mm-hmm. So you get to spend time and you get to align people with principles that each organization has. So you're now giving these folks the ability not just in the present moment, but even after college. Because the thing about black uh, fraternities and sororities is that Unlike the the white counterparts, your commitment usually carries on e- even after, right? Um, there, there there is some level of involvement, um, so that's why I say because you get a chance to one have intake of people that are like minded and show already show the principles to some level, right? And I know I know I'm making some generalizations that aren't the case in every situation, but it should be um, so if everybody really gets together and now you have a whole brotherhood or a sisterhood that is committed to like goals and things, right? You would think that that would continue. Uh, Whereas church, you know, that's not necessarily, you don't necessarily have that, those numbers that support, right? Once you're in and, and, and you're recognized um, you can go anywhere and be recognized, right. And, and, and have, Brotherhood continued, sisterhood continue. So I think based on that is why I say you have a little bit more influence at this point than I think even the church does, or at least you should in theory. Um, Obviously, I know things go awry. um, Some chapters go off the reservation. um, And of course, I know there are people that are getting in for the wrong reasons. But um, that's why I made that statement initially.
1: So theoretically, yeah. Um, definitely have a platform to do all of those those great things. The The thing that I think gets in the way of that is like the necessity. So you look at all of these organizations over most of us over 100 years old at this point right um, and they were bred out of a different type of necessity back in mm-hmm. 1911 or 1906 or 1913 whereas now you know in you know, the 90s, 2000s, whatever, it's a different environment. And so I feel like, and I don't know because I'm not as involved, especially on the undergraduate level, obviously, but I feel like the there's a relevancy factor that has kind of escaped, you know, our, our organizations. I think that um, although we do great work in the communities, I personally don't know that I see it enough on a larger scale and it might just do to my lack of involvement. But when you talk about coming together as like a banded brotherhood or sisterhood or just a group of organizations, the NPAC as a whole, you know, how often do we see or hear from that collective body on issues or moving as a collective front on certain things? Go right.
3: that, yeah. no, ahead. Go ahead. No, give deference, go ahead. Right? No, deference. Um, I think that I was speaking part. my language. There we go, baby. <laughs> All right. Yeah, first thing I said was no. I give deference. Go ahead. I, I almost
1: forgot. True. I got to congratulate BJ. He got some new guys out there on the yard at UM. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: We'll get. I'll get. I'm get. That's part of. We we'll talk later on as we talk. Like this.
1: <laughs> we'll get to that.
0: <laughs> but I think that's part of the disappointment is that <clears throat> it hasn't got to that level because you haven't heard from that collective group. So to Carol's point about having the ability, the infrastructure to impact change community nationwide, there's so much that goes on internally within each organization that prohibits that and serves as barriers. And then collectively as working together as a cohesive eight, nine, however, on unifying under something to move the masses. I think that's kind of where you get some of the separation between, now, nah, I don't even want to deal with that anymore.
3: Yeah, I mean, and it usually only happens when there's mass concern or mass issues. Shooting, something else, you'll see them, you know, everyone collect together and get together. But if it's not that, that is it's usually the well, you know, they're doing this or we're doing this. And, um, you know, when we're separate, we're not as strong as we are if we're all to do as one. Um, at the right. end of the day, we all have that that same goal, is to uplift our brotherhood or sisterhood. At the end, it's just how we got. How we get there is a different path, and that path sometimes causes friction.
2: Totally agree. Because uh, I mean, the individuals collectively again, many hands cause for light work. Right, we heard that that term across the no matter what organization, what family, what part you're in, and um, the ideal. And I so some more background to this whole thing. What another reason why we came up? Because we were talking about this group together, right? We're talking about the individuals that are, that are collaborative um, with this group, within this group, not everybody's Greek. Um, but when you look at just the support we give each other, yeah, we joss each other around, right? I mean, that's part of what we do is, but it's all out of love and out of fun. And we can have open conversations. So one of the conversations stem from just us sharing and, and supporting one another, but what do we do on a, on a regular basis? Um, what do our organizations put it that way, not us individually? our organizations do to keep that going. And if somebody saw what we were doing, do they take that out of context of outside of that individual brotherhood versus the brotherhood of the the general population? So that with that context in mind, people like, yes, we may be in individual organizations which principles may be similar, but there may be some overlap or some differences there. But when you get into what, what is everybody's collective goal? You always talk about community outreach, uplift. Um, you talk about um, service. All, all these different aspects should be the foundation of everybody, is the foundation. If I, and correct me if I'm mm-hmm. speaking that term, but from what from what I know and from the, the, the conversation I've had with mm-hmm. many people from many organizations is that our foundational principles are the same, maybe worded a little bit differently, but it's for the betterment of the when you start with the betterment of the race you talk about how we started but betterment of humankind as we evolved over the years um and there's still segregation when we come to that and i'll be the first to admit it i mean we we operate in individuality i had to look it up one thing i was looking up real quick was um something that came across my email a couple weeks ago with the frat um alpha they signed uh a, memor- a, MOU, a memorandum of understanding with the NAS- uh, NAACP a few weeks ago um and i want to get organizations collaborate on education outreach civic engagement leadership development membership and community building right same type of things we're talking about right now now it was one organization so i go back to the point where that could have been spearheaded by NPAC as a whole and you get everybody involved in that that moving the progression forward for the humankind right yes it's still about supporting our communities and the kind but I think everybody on this call can attest to and i'm I'm almost sure that at least every one of our chapters is not has not been historically all black
1: Mm-hmm. well I actually right. made an Asian guy when I was on the yard so uh yeah we definitely multicultural here
2: right so we we've we've expanded multicultural so we look at the bigger picture like the evolution of just what people are looking for to be a part of whether it's to um and many p- people have different reasons for joining their organization whatever that may be but the collective as a whole we look at NPAC how much stronger could we be if those organizations were came together and were actually fighting in these same areas on a bigger scale or pull the resources together yeah
3: i think i think that that same thing how you're saying it worked well when like brett said when we were in need at um we did that because we were all we were all small there's five six three two you know so that made each organization step out and stand together as one to make a bigger bigger impact on the process and i just wonder that all most of our presents or you know poll marks or whatever the name that's chosen (coughs) by fraternity most of them have, have gone to historically black schools or heavily black chapters. I mean, majority of them all have. So I wonder if the thought process behind them is that, oh well, we gotta keep to ourselves to make sure we're doing right, because we have been used to that mindset of protect, protect, protect versus you know open, open and um, join together. So I mean, that's just me thinking, I know what my, my corn program mark went to, um, went to FAMU. so immediately that's already separation by itself. Like that was just a campus of just you are on your own um their own thing. So I'm wondering as you look back, if you look at your presence and see
1: <laughs> I think you what? might be on to something now. I'm I'm tracing a couple of the last few bosses I have been at, uh, from uh HBCUs. A mm-hmm. couple of it? our last
2: now now international presidents as of presidents is no longer general presidents, um, have also been from HBCUs.
1: That's interesting. Yeah, Let's I mean, do this quick
2: because we what we didn't do real quick. Can everybody give their Affiliation is case We have new members of people who have not seen it's true all of the any past episode. I'm not gonna say all of them, but any past episode where it might have came up. So, deference we go back in <laughs> <laughs> 92 Omega <laughs> Sci <laughs> What What year? What chapter?
0: Uh, Spring 92 Omicron Delta. All right,
3: Cap Vasai over to Kai Spring 2K Art. Alpha Phi
2: Alpha Fall 2000, Ada Delta University of
1: Miami. Omega Psi Phi, Omicron Delta, Chatter, University of Miami, Spring 2006. Can't next to Q6, baby. So I want to go back. Um, you, uh, BJ, you said something about... Dang, I lost it. Damn, you
4: threw me off. I'll... Um, I'll um, I go back. 76. <laughs> <laughs> Born in Brooklyn, New York.
1: <laughs> me find me over there in the corner. Black Brotherhood of Earth. <laughs> All right, Lamb, baby, go ahead, throw it up. <laughs> um, ah, man, no, BJ, you were talking about um something about the the cohesiveness, and so yeah, I think that's where I was going. So on the yard, the way I was kind of raised, and I think it, you kind of mature into that sense, right? Um, of where it becomes less about your individual organization and more about what we do as organizations as a whole in the NPAC. So, you know, on the yard it's always that super competitive environment, you know we're the best because we're the best and you can't do anything that's gonna top us because we're the best. And I'm sure all of us kind of had that mindset. I know I did while I was there. And it's great to have because I think it just breeds that much more involvement on the university. Everybody's doing their thing and, you know, everybody's enhancing college life as we should, right? But then you get to a point when you get out into the real world and some of that trivial undergrad stuff doesn't matter. And so what I find, you know, even amongst this group, the things that we're able to do as one um, from completely different organizations, completely different, you know, set of principles on paper, but still one common goal, um, you know, you mature into that mindset. So, I guess my question is, do you guys still feel like that's happening from the neophytes that you have on the yard at this point in time since most of us, you know, all of us are still very active there. Do you still feel like that sense of competitive competition, like, lasts with them, or is it more of a cohesive unit? And that's going to breed into my next question.
3: I, I think that it has <clears> – <throat> There's still the competitive mindset there because we still focus on, you know, who's doing what, how many people are in the yard or what's the biggest week. But I think it's changed to, to <laughs> more of a collective. I mean, I know my my neophytes are really, I mean, neophytes, I think, it, it teamed up with, uh, with the Qs a couple of times and did the the nasty new party or did they would never, a lot of things going on with them, kind of tying it in and work with the office too. Um, I don't think we work with Sigmas very much. We probably never will, but that's, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I mean, we were able to work with them. So I, I would say yes, but the young young guys grew up in a different mindset where they their friends were pledging other ones, so they had their friends going in. So once they were doing that process, it stayed as friendship, working together as organizations, not as you know, individuals going backwards.
2: That goes back to the old saying that don't let the frat make you a new person. Like, yeah, exactly. continue to be the same old you, right? And I, I've seen that, too, because even some of the cats that came through Recently, and then I mean, within the last couple of years into the chapter down there, like I'm still connected. I'm the co-advisor for the undergrad chapter now through my grad chapter. Um, because I, I owe it to my grad chap- my undergrad chapter to do that. But also when I listen to their stories and then what's going on, they're super supportive. some of these cats were roommates. Um, one had just crossed um, OD like two years ago. I can't remember names of them, um, but they were like roommates. When they were both going through their pro- respective processes, um, so like when it was time for their their probate, they actually were there like screaming all year long, supporting them. Like that's how we, that's how we were raised. Though I mean, I and I believe we all were raised like that. I mean, mm-hmm. even though there may be still that that competitiveness, when your friend or somebody across the organization, you're gonna be their support. Now I can't say that has been on uh, every yard because when we traveled to FIU, FAU which are still not large black populations, but still, you, you didn't see that, right? Yeah, that's true. Um, but at UM, you definitely saw people um, There were roommates, there were friends beforehand that continued afterwards. And then we did have those crossover where you had parties, you had events. You, just, you teamed up and did stuff together because you were supporting each other, and you could still have that sense of um, community there. Now, has it always been that way? No.
1: <laughs> no, definitely not. Because when I was on the yard, it wasn't that way. You know? It oh, really? Nah, o- nah, nah, we wasn't doing nothing with nobody. Because y'all, because y'all had. Wow. You know, I was cool with a few of the alphas. I mean, <laughs> I think they had a line of like ten or fifteen that same year, um, and it was like three of them that I actually like, kind of really, really hung out with, but didn't really care for the sigmas and. Uh, the back. Kappas, was. Yeah, they didn't. I, it, there was a lot of. There was a lot of things, I guess, with the capital
3: or right whatnot. While while I well, was six, was a very well, six was a very quiet year for us.
1: Yeah, it was it was pretty interesting. Um, so, but and and, and it and it it transpired throughout the city because I wasn't just like on the yard, like I was at Flo-Mo, at Barry, you know, all over the place. But it was always, you know, it was always you know competition. It was never like any true cohesiveness. But mm-hmm. through my talks with you guys, I understand that it was much much different when when you were on the yard. And so I'm trying <coughs> to, you know how. <coughs> How was that kind of like created? Was it just out of necessity or was it just the upbringing? Like what was it? And, and, you know, it it seems like it's
3: almost better that way, you know, in in certain regards. I think it ties back to UBS. I I think UBS and Bond did that. I think being in organizations, being – working together with that and then seeing – you know, everyone, you know, go through this process. Like you know, me seeing BJ go through this process. We talk about like Johnny, for instance, going through process. And you saw people before you who were there. So as you went through, you you knew it wasn't about separation. You say, hey, I'm 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 going to be a cap, I'll be a Newt, whatever. But I'm still, you know, this is still the crew I have with. So my crew never changed. And I think when your years coming in, I will probably say around two thousand and when did later start? later came in around two thousand and what, four? Who? She came, Shalila. Yeah,
1: 2004. Yeah,
3: that's when she came. That's when it changed. I, I would say that's when things started going from from the the process of school being about and maybe go backwards and, and care. Okay, please yeah. correct me, but I think that's Shalala when it came
4: in earlier than that. Shalila okay. in um like 2002 was she? No, because Shalila. 2002, 2002 actually, Shalala she was, was there when uh, here, was there. The year that I was UBS president, because I remember when we when we had opening ceremony for Black Awareness Month, um, she came for two minutes. And said, um, and I said, "Oh, we'll see you at some of the events." And she said, "Yeah, I'm looking forward to going to the steps. So I love to see you people dance." Wow! So um, that
3: that is. Uh, I'm gonna pause I remember that. But that that was, and she was still riding on 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 President Foot's linealogy from that point in time. So once she got her foot in, and was able to change the sports aspect, the school aspect, being a more trying to be the Ivy League of the South that changed the mentality of the students coming in. And when a student were focusing on, I have to do my books, I can't really hang out with UBS, can't do these things, that that changed a If You lost the community because they're focusing on their own thing, <laughs> focusing on their own little bubble. So that, that I I agree to happen, but that was, it took a couple years for that to actually mm-hmm. break
2: down. About 2005, remember, I came out because I had to do the extra semester, like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Happy We all did. That,
3: <laughs> <pretty obvious.
2: laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you get that at like those last couple of groups, like two thousand four or so or five two thousand five two thousand and six, that's when things really started to change, honestly, just being still around down there mm-hmm. um and being not too far out of the off the art at that point in time um that's when things really started to change because people like I said the mindset of the students came in, and that's when you really start the the privilege mentality mm-hmm. uh or the I I need to do this because I want to do this for my resume type stuff, mm-hmm. and then and then it was the um, pro fights weren't really training the right way. If that's the best way to put it,
3: they were missing. A lot of people, were, a lot of people were were were, were out. We're a lot missing. of people were new. Yeah, there was a gap, was a gap of
2: incoming. Um, neophytes across the yard and mm-hmm. I think that as you like for instance if somebody was brought in they like next year their de- dean and everybody was gone and they were left by themselves to run a chapter yep there was a lot of that across the board now I don't remember exactly with OD um but I know when that time when Johnny was there and then Corey was there too I because Johnny was in school then he wasn't in school and Corey was there and then Corey <laughs> just left so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> then he went
3: Mason and that was the end of that whole discussion
2: yeah. So there, there was a, so I'm not, and I can't speak for OD, but I remember there was a time for like everybody's organization was something like almost all the old heads had gone and graduated. Yep. And there was a new breed left to do it on their own and try to figure it out. And I think that's when that, that, that sense of we are who we are and we don't need anybody started. And again, it wasn't, I can't say it was necessarily bad because organizations still thrive in their own rights. It just wasn't a cohesive. wasn't there. Oh. that's even when the sorority started blowing up and getting big bit. Yeah, they were getting big. That's a whole other conversation we could have after that one too. No clue. Carol, fix your face.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> no clue at all.
3: But I mean, at the same time as as well as the Greek mindset, like I said, UBS did the same thing. It was it just and bond disappeared for a minute. Like a lot of things that were They were there, MSA chain, I mean all the things that was there to really Co- make that a cohesive unit, make the spider web grow, just started to just fade away. And I mean, it's coming back it shortly, and I'm, I'm not, I haven't been to campus to, to see it in live action, but listening through the association, listening through you know, my, my neo's coming in there and listening is that, like, okay, well, you guys are starting to collect again, get back to where you were, but there was a, that web like, started to fade away and it was me, myself, and I.
4: So let me like ask you that. guys a question. Do you guys think that hbcu greeks look down on non-hbcu greeks and i asked that question because i've never really i've only seen that interaction on one occasion um there was a gentleman that belongs to one of you's um fraternity that used to tell people all the time he was from the alpha chapter um so <laughs> do you guys feel that way and and with the situation now being where you all have just said that many of uh your direct leadership has been from hbcus is there almost like a maybe and maybe you guys haven't had enough time to think about this but is there almost like a unrecognized rift within the individual organizations that is stopping you all from being as powerful as you could be
3: no i I would say that. Yeah, well, I know being at UM and looking at other chapters, like no, there's there's the big boys. You know, you got the Howard, you got you know, the big big boys that are guaranteed no matter what. They're like, yeah, um, the the um the um, the FAMU's, and it's not a risk because you you work your way through through your process and everything else. You get to know them, so you know who you are. So, you know, Miami holds a very high standard, but I'm not sure if FIU holds the same standard because they have the history going forward. But then, you know. There are some HBCUs that you look at like you you guys are just just not on the level. So then it separates the the oh we're a little bit better than you if we go to you mindset. Um, and this is for our partnering uh, Florida schools that, that just that was just like oh I don't go over there because that's that's the crazy school. That's that's the curious still the, the little eye of the wig. But then you go up to you know you go to FAMU you go up to. Um, uh to howard or anything else you know like, oh it's different in the, for us indiana even though it's not you know, historic it's alpha but you would go there and be a totally different mindset so yes there is a rift just like there is in, in natural life like you know some parts of the neighborhood you go to it's just like oh well yeah i, I hang out with them but you know i'm not going to go over there too much longer than eight o'clock <clears> at <throat> home so it's the same mindset when it comes to some of the hpus and that rift is naturally there i believe it is there does it does it affect us on a top high level No, but it is interesting that most of our our presidents or international presidents are from there, so.
2: So this conversation started, it started, well,
3: before we even just agree,
2: I think to answer your question, you also go back to um, the conversation we had a while ago about HBCs versus um, PWIs, right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> HBCUs versus PWIs and is there that sense of just as a black student is not going to an HBCU period going to a PWI and then you add on top of that pledging a Greek for the black Greek fraternity at and a PWI versus a, a um, HBCU so when I look at the the question you asked yes there is a there is a sense of we I believe there's a sense of yes you have to prove yourself your chapter mm-hmm. Um and unfortunately, it's turned into a lot of this, the lawsuits stuff that's happened over the last few years mm-hmm. um, at certain places. Um, but at the same time, I also think that, like I can attest that the FLOMO chapter, Delta Psi, was the reason we were established at University of Miami. Without them, we wouldn't have been. Very true. Like, they, they are the ones who came down and helped us charter at University of Miami. Wow. So Delta Psi yes, will, be here our, too. will be linked to us throughout history is all on paper. You said yeah. they
4: helped you guys too, Art? Yeah. Yep. That's not you.
2: So there there wouldn't have been a, char- a charter line at UM that year, at least in 1970 at UM had not Delta side brothers come down and chartered the line down
3: there. Yep. Yo, yep. um,
2: <laughs> So that, that, that's the darling. And for those that don't know, Florida Memorial is a, is the HBCU in Miami, Florida. A lot of they people, know, uh, have, I talk about it, but I don't even know. Florida Memorial College University, sorry,
1: University University yeah. now, yeah. yeah. Who we there it was college? Mike, <laughs> yeah. you want to speak on it, or do you want? You know, I, I think we may. Have a, have you, I'm gonna do that for, uh, for Od. <laughs> so, so there's a there's influence. Od and and, and KG have uh KG, <laughs> Florida Memorial have a um, a strong tie, and they've had strong ties throughout history, um, and just with like any familial uh relationship. There are <laughs> riffs here and there. You know, we have we have fun, you know.
0: We'll go mute.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I think the answer to your uh question from, from my point of view is no. Um because everywhere that we go is uh friendship is is the big thing with uh Omega Sci-Fi, right? So uh, whether it's a HBCU, Alpha chapter, Beta chapter, whatever. I mean, like Art says, you stand on your process wherever you go. And that's just mm-hmm. a, a fact of the matter. But mm-hmm. um, and, and certain chapters, you know, Alpha chapter, they have a certain air about them mm-hmm. for uh, <laughs> eternity. And then when you have historical chapters like Lincoln, uh, Beta, Lincoln University have the history behind them and things like that. So there, there's certain... Um, things i guess that people can speak to that might put them on a pedestal but i've never i've never experienced that at any hbcu i've gone to or running into anybody i mean there's a certain level of arrogance that you know we run into from time to time but i think that's what happens when you put two a-type um strong a-type people in a room sometimes you know you you have that and so to when you when you talk about it the, the impact that we have i think was the second part of your question right um on a on a national scale I, I don't think that that gets in the way i think there are other things that get in the way of the impact that we could have and it's largely because of the disconnect i feel that there exists um from the top of the uh, of the organization down to the people on the ground or the undergraduate chapters mm-hmm. um, and i also think that you know being unfinancial myself active but unfinancial. Um and this is a question that I was gonna pose to you guys. I know BJ, you mentioned the grad chapter and your co advisor. So I know you're doing your you're you're doing your thing, you're handling your responsibilities. I was gonna pose that question to Art and Mike D to see how you guys feel about it because being a non financial member but still active and kind of working in the frat, but not in the same capacity or not in the capacity that I probably could or should be, am I part of the problem? So are we part of the problem?
3: You are. Yes. No, no, Um, no, no. Um, I'm in financial, financial ever since, you know, we're going forward, but I've been trying to find a home chapter, but I have a home grad chapter. So I keep keep moving. Um, So that works for me. Jersey's pretty spread apart, Um, but I still live through Richard Prine chapter in Miami through Winston Warrior um my great grand um yeah so my great grand i still work through him through my chapter so i'm very involved in the chapter uh undergrad but just not officially with the title of, under, of um a grad chapter but i'm financial and i yeah i mean it does help it does help having that experience in there and i can keep i can keep ahead of the the young hotheads that are coming that came right before me and keep them in check because you're that you're that barrier in between the young and the old and it needs somebody like you myself to be able to say hey I remember that, but we got to look forward. And if you don't have that person in between, then you get the young, the old guys, young, young guys, and then it just turns into a, a crazy riff of, well, then let's just be our own.
1: Exactly. And that's what I kind of feel like is, is part of the issue. There's not a, a large enough influx or a large enough influx to the point where we're influential in some of the decisions that are kind of made that impact us the most. hmm
0: Mike, what about what did you think on that one, man? I see your head. I, I, I agree with every piece of that except for the financial piece. Like I have a, I have I have an issue with the being financial or not relating or having any correlation to the amount of influence that you can have. So if you are an influential person, you have sound judgment, you have great ideas that you can bring to the fraternity. What difference does it make whether I've paid my dues or not, if the outcomes of what we say will make our community better, our fraternity better, and each of us better as people. So the fact that, after,
2: that. Like, I'm, I'm, I ride the fence here, and I know the fence, riding the fence is not a, a safe or an easy place to sit because, um, that's for a while, for after undergrad until 2015, that I was not financial. Um, and I, but I had the, the conversation many times that. Um, because once you leave undergrad, you start many different seasons in your life. That could be career, that could be family, that could be without a career for a while, that could be finances not won't well, allow you. And to be in an organization, trust me, you're gonna shell out some money for that's <laughs> for chapter dues, for events, for all this other stuff, and dues just keep going up and up and up. That being said, I understand the 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 process of why why that needs to happen, but like like you said, Mike. If you can loan that time or guidance to your undergrad chapters or anybody there, you're definitely needed. Mm-hmm. But we also do need everybody to be even members at large. Yeah, and I say that because and I put this out there before. And when we talked about it the first time, unfortunately, the for the fraternity to exist in the future, it has become a business. Mm-hmm. If you want to argue with me, I, will, I will, wait, 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 wait a minute, Mike, before you say it. It's becoming a business. It's not that it's a necessarily a bad thing. People take the bad concepts of it, but the business side of it is what's – on in my organization, at least, was squashing my undergrad chapters, and that's what I have a problem with, right? So, so, yeah. So let me, let me... At, the, at, at the same time, it's that, like Carol, Carol mentioned, that if you're – once you go through your process, you're considered a brother for life. You know the, the intimates, the intricacies mm-hmm. of everything, you can be recognized, right? But in order for us to promote the organization for longevity, we need brothers to be financially active. <clears throat> but, also, but also, because when you look at it, some of the things that disconnect there where we would not have guidance are causing all these lawsuits and everything like that, that The fraternity is gonna financially be That's done and not be able to operate, right. it, exist.
0: Okay, so let me so let me think. Let me present it this way. Okay, Keep so on. there's uh, there's always this business side that people bring up, and I think of it this way. So you have, you were a kid. We were all kids. We went to the park. We played basketball. That's it. Everything was good. You met up with your friends. You had a conversation. Weekend you play basketball. Summer you play basketball. You go to school, you may or may not make the high school team, but eventually people kind of separate themselves. Some going to college, some go on to the NBA. Those guys in the NBA get paid, and they say there's this business side of it, but there's the love of the game that I will always have. And I see that as there's a business side to the frat. I absolutely understand that. But for people to associate it to where they are so closely tied together to where if you don't have the business side, you won't have the fraternities or the sororities. And that's the part where I struggle, because in that same analogy, if you don't have the NBA, you are still going to play basketball. You are still going to have the love of basketball. You are still going to have people that will come together. There are areas that are within everything that we do that doesn't require the financial part. And I think that's where this whole issue has come in, is that people have gotten to a point where they say, I won't listen to you, we won't do anything because you're not financial, you're not paying dues. We can only have these conversations in a conference convention for all of us, instead of all of us coming together as we said the eight, the nine, and just a park atmosphere that has nothing to do with anything to have the conversation and then grow from there.
3: But that that lesson the lesson that that there about not be able to, to have a voice at the table without being financial come back from undergrad. I mean, there are many times where I as Polmark was like, you can't come into the meeting until you pay your chapter dues. Correct. It's no, it's no offense to you, I'll talk to you outside. You like, literally, you're you're you can't be here because you gotta follow the rules of rules rose Order and so forth, the fraternity rules. But that, I mean, you, we still can socialize and be a social network, a social fraternity outside of this process. But your fraternity, the fraternities, have to live and pay all these bills and everything else with the support of our brothers. And our work isn't gonna pay those bills. So if we have a million brothers, but only a hundred thousand is paying. You know, what could we do with everybody putting their, putting their money to help the attorney get you to go? Yeah. Uh, Dang, uh, so art took the words out of
1: my mouth. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. But what's the deal, though? I mean, I'm like fin- hold like, on, we're not finished. We're gonna break that down because I think that's one of the major issues within that. that's a major issue right there. That's a major what's issue. The I've been major issue? The battle for for a little bit. But go ahead, what you just going say?
0: What's the what are the bills? Like what are the are the bills a result of of individually or collectively moving the community forward? And did I have any say in those bills for you to require me to pay a certain dollar amount for what you and therefore my money can't be used for something that could be better for my community that we're working on as a chapter? So yes. for me to give you a dollar amount to go to a national organization to pay national insurance for something that I have nothing to deal with. Mm -hmm. allow me as my organization to get our own insurance if we have that issue allow me and my organization to raise our own money for whatever we're going to do in our community and build it that way when we need it as a group so you want some?
3: No, i i I can respect that and and I, i totally see see that but then i i challenge because the same sense that yes you can you can say this money needs to go here and that can be done at your boule or at your conferences wherever it is you can see that's where the side is on those side meetings not the big the big fancy ones it's the ones that are in the small rooms that says oh let me show you a card let's go over the budget
0: it is. See, but it's the but you're
3: making decisions because because the people are in the offices there's someone that needs to control the flow of, of of the money it has to be controlled some way and if your voice is if your voice isn't heard you can't complain to say you're my voice is not heard because in order the order to be at the table, you gotta pay to get in the door. Correct. I mean, there, you're that, good to go.
0: But at no point in time was that brought up as saying if if we are saying that you gotta pay to get in the door, if mm-hmm. you mention that before you get into your process, you're blackballed.
3: You no, but you did though. You did when you when you signed oh, your paperwork no, when no, you signed your paperwork to get uh, get in there, the first thing they said to you was you gotta you gotta bring up 1200 bucks or, or I remember it was back then. It was you, need to, you can do anything. This money and now it was, it was $325. $325.
0: Well,
3: that was very really cheap for you.
0: Correct, And as a, as a collective group, we did what we had to do to, to get that money. I tell you this it's a,
2: it's almost $3,000 for one kid now. And about
3: 60% of that is for insurance.
0: (laughs) But if you think about that, that even the statement that we're having is about business. So like, it's not about anything dealing with the... Because
2: the the national organization can't further its missions without
0: money. But it can't further without the individual people. It's like...
1: Hold on, hold on. Let's let's talk about the mission though so you 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 gave the analogy of basketball and playing basketball on the court, and you still got the love of the game right mm-hmm did we get now was the organization started um just for the love of the organization
0: it was started for the brotherhood of the of the gentleman that started it.
1: what was, but but the purpose
0: of our respect was not it was not they did not say we're paying a fee
4: no and, they didn't oh, say it was oh, a can this fee. can this can this Roman jump in real quick yes <laughs> okay so I'm going to use another analogy, right? So he used the basketball, right? He used basketball. I'm going to use the black church, right? If you take away the building fund and the collection, can you still have a church with just the Bible being left?
1: You can have church anywhere. Well, what the hell? Good. I got to pay money for it. to be the thing. But we're talking about <laughs> influence. Now,
4: will you- the black church stop being influential? Without the money? Without money,
0: yes. With Without. a is still beside being the past. You
1: need, but you yes. still
0: need the money to
1: operate. See, you that, need some that, type of medical medical God. backing or some type of resource to operate <clears throat> at the end of the day. And if we're talking about reaching masses or doing programs along, you know, in the community or otherwise, no matter how big or how large, what kind of impact are you going to have? If you got NBA talent, but all you gonna do because you don't wanna continue that impact is play on the uh, play on at the, the rocker.
3: play at the rocker, that's it. Right.
1: You know, so what influence are you having? You know what I'm saying? It, that's, it, it, that's, there's a cap at that. That's
3: point.
4: a different situation because you're not paying to be an NBA player. Right. And 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 look from, from from the outside, right? From the outside, when you did your process, right, you you paid to do your process.
1: Did.
4: right and, and then there's, there, there, there's consistent intake right so theoretically the money will never go away because you, you're always having intake
2: right if if you have continuing intake yes yeah
4: if, if you have continuing intake so there's always a a money flow
1: there is but, but want, so where does that money go to though that's the thing so when that, you start that is the question but if yes. you if you're involved yes. like art or bj or myself to a degree then you find out where your your income is going or or that operation, where those funds are are being channeled through. But the only way to know that is if you're in those meetings, if you're in that
4: room. Okay, good. So I'm not in those meetings, but here's my question. There are over 800,000 members of black fraternities and sororities. How many of them pay dues?
1: Are you talking about financially or just members? Just
4: members. Just members. And I'm, I'm bringing us back to the whole origin of this conversation, right? Now we're getting into this financial thing. Look, there's a financial thing in every black <laughs> institution, right? That, that, that we've got ourselves caught up in, right? So we're not going to be able to solve that. But what I do want to know is, and Brett, you were there with me when Minister Lewis Farrakhan was asking for 10,000 men to go into black communities to change those communities, right? We never got the plan. We don't know what was supposed to happen with those 10,000. He's still asking about them, um, but if there are eight hundred thousand, over eight hundred thousand members out there, where is the influence? Mm.
1: Now it's there, and it's there from people like Mike who do things like the Community Cup. Because if you, st- so I can't tell nobody. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell the whole world. You just can't put a side fire on it. That's all
0: that is. <laughs> so, okay so yeah, that's a whole side, But
1: you do have that. You know what I'm saying? So there is a certain level of influence and I think that's where that's what happens. Because you you get to a point where you don't have to pay this money and you don't have to sit in these long meetings and you don't have to be in the the bickering and back and forth and deal with the politics from mm-hmm. service. You can absolutely put your own nonprofit organization together, get your own team, and do your thing in the community. And I think that's what a lot of us fall back on because at some point the issues with, you know, uh, specific people in our respective organizations mm-hmm. have gotten to the point where they don't want to deal with it. Yeah, I still have the passion for the okay. organization. I still have the passion. So I figured out a way where I can do my thing. I can be involved and do the social aspects and stuff, but I don't have to deal with all the other bullshit on the back end.
3: Hmm. That's true. And there's a lot of brothers out there that, that feel that same exact way because there's, there's a lot of politics in, in the game, a lot. Absolutely. And but a, lot of, a lot of it's old beef from undergrad that's been dragged through grad to Yeah, <laughs> uh, let it go, man. You know what I'm saying? If you didn't make it when you were
1: supposed to make it, you know, <laughs> you made it in the 90s and you was a renegade for a little while. They got the Get Right program, man. We gonna, Yeah. Right? We'll, we'll get, you, get you straight up at some point. you to let it go. Well, there it is, man. We're going we in to end that discussion, right? Every
3: breath says it all. One more piece of that, because i
2: I can speak directly to the note, like Carol just said. Like in our southern region, right, we just had our southern conferences and we so I just got notes from the conference this this weekend. It just ended today, right? Total Brothers registered 1,258 in Jackson, Mississippi, right? That's where they're at this weekend. So the report came back for reclamation. So everybody's trying to get brothers back involved in the Southern area. So that comes Tennessee, Southern regions, Tennessee all the way down to Florida over to Alabama, Mississippi, right? Mm-hmm. So everything's south of that. There's 6,600 inactive brothers that we know about that live in this area. And that's not including people who might've moved down here. There's people that just have addresses from when they originally became part of the fraternity and are, are still here. Mm-hmm. So when I go back to the impact, and people are doing it there, and I'm pretty sure a majority of those brothers are doing something, right? Whether it's NAACP, um, local communities, they're teaching, they're out doing this, this workshop, this whatever what the case may be, they're doing something. And I, I totally get what Mike's saying. But we're talking about the longevity of an entity, and an entity that you actually decided to go through a process to, to dedicate
1: your time, blood, mm-hmm. Blood. And we, we to get, to get to that here. question is like, what mm. is the longevity of our respective organizations? I, and
2: I, I look at it now and a whole nother, we can continue the conversation another time, but we yeah, look right. at part of the things that came out of that meeting too, just hearing brothers talk was that like most of our organizations, as quiet as it's kept is one or two lawsuits away from being done. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. that right there, then you really the only left with, well, I'm an alpha. But I don't have an organization to stand on or nothing that really does anything. But I was I was made alpha back in two thousand. Yeah. But I pledge.
0: I bet you you, those I bet you
4: if the judge presiding over that case ain't financial, they'll um they'll they'll be willing to make an exception. (laughs) That's
1: that's that's a problem, man. We ain't got enough judges. It's too much.
3: (laughs)
0: We need more
1: judges. We need some insurance brokers, man. How long, man? How long to you know, we can see and a bunch of other financial people, get some financial Greeks to get together and put this insurance company together so we can save our, our, our frat. Is, is it, is that what um, uh,
0: got the frat. ideas? But <laughs> so
1: that's
2: a no win situation. Yeah. Right? On the insurance side, that's a no win situation.
0: Okay, so what happens <laughs> if national? So so what happened if the national go? They're gonna take your brands and your frat stuff. Nah, I
1: mean no. the frat will live, but the frat will be <laughs> so essentially dead. That's
3: the the organization still, this, that's Toys R Us dies. Toys R Us, Toys R Us still has Toys R Us brands out there, right? But right. And, you know was, was, right. But no one wants to have their obsession be nostalgia.
1: I can still the, get an '86 box Chevy d- today. But where
0: where does, the, no where, does the, where does it die? Like if the people you still have
1: no new blood
0: coming into
2: your organization, well, why do you have to stop
0: instead? new blood? Why? Why? If the rituals what don't got nothing to do with being paid, it's just a process that you go through. You still have you go through everything that you go through with. So and the
3: organization reason why we're dead. in this boat now because of the rituals being done without being paid. No, the reason we, more why term we cap- this <laughs>
0: is because <laughs> folks yeah, started with the financial, non financial way um, back I, in the I, I, day. <laughs> So I would right, say though, yeah. no. so from from the ninety-two experience, like I experienced the transition from you the did. underground to the above ground to the financial to the non financial. Yeah. So you that did. whole you transition did. happening in grad chapter meetings of the this brother was talking and that they it's yeah, it is.
1: <sighs> I challenge you. Come to a grad chapter meeting. Because I feel like a I lot, of, and we leave it here. But I feel you like a up. lot of the sentiment is based in '92, '93, '94, '95. You know, that whole '90s era. It was a beast. It was a different animal. But if you came and saw some things and saw how the fret is, or yeah, the fret is different. You might be singing a little bit different tune. So I challenge you to do that. Now, if you come and you don't, and it is what it is, and you're not with it, then hey, at least you came.
4: But if I, ever, if I ever win the lotto, Mike, I'll give you the money. Appreciate it. Cause I, <laughs> I ain't
3: going to have the money in a couple weeks. I'm, I'm sure you
0: do. It's the principalities that's involved.
3: And to reclaim is Presip- pretty cheap. <laughs>
0: principalities. I ain't never been lost. I'm right here. I can go <laughs> <a little bit. laughs> there it is, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure you
3: stay tuned with us on that. Movie. Big brother. We got to get who was his dean? <laughs> who was my Damien. Damien, Damien There we go. Big phone call. Big Brother Great
0: Babe.
3: Yeah,
2: that yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I've heard that name before. Uh,
1: Damien on, cool as hell, man, man. But Damien, boy. Go
0: yeah. me, me,
1: Anyway, make sure you stay connected with us, ladies and gentlemen. Next week, we're going to have a <laughs> great discussion around Jordan Peele's latest release, Us. I wanted to talk about it tonight, but I got to give my guys a couple more, uh, a few Ooh, more days to go check it me. out. It's an amazing movie if you haven't seen it yet. Uh, or you only saw parts of it like me because you was too tired and you fell asleep. <laughs> Check that thing out.
0: It's, it's you on mute now, Brad.
1: You put me on mute, mute now?
0: Yeah, man. I can't. The image wasn't in my head, man. I'm good. I ain't going to see that movie. Mike ain't going to see that at all, man.
1: Bro, you got to see it, man. You'll love it. I promise. Good. Good. I've seen enough. No, no. You you, saw no, you did not see
0: any. You didn't I saw it,
3: enough.
1: Man. No, man. It's, it's a great movie. But anyway, it's moving great. right along.
3: Faison, what you got for us this week, man, in Arts Corner? <laughs> So I, I, I like to go back occasionally to financial mindset. So we're going to rewind back to the financial set that I think maybe 10, 12 episodes ago. I talked about the, um, the spreadsheet to, uh, to make yourself better, pulling out information, letting go. Well, I just got a phone call from my friends that I gave a spreadsheet to. And she officially called me and said, all right, thank you so much. I am now officially, I made my last payment on my car. I'm officially now debt-free because of, I, saw, I saw what was the problem across all my, all my um, accounts and was able to narrow down, make payments, and adjust. So this is a reminder that it's not about getting big lumps on and paying it all off, but the slow grind to getting right. Take your time on it. Find out what's important. Look at your interest rates and grind <laughs> it out slowly but surely. And when you get to that that zero, it's nothing better than you being able to look at the Sally May bill and seeing it say your bill has been paid off in full. And that message came back to me recently, and I just saw the email, and I am ecstatic. And I'm going Man, on to you the next thing. Pause the in there, fresh. Right. need that. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. So yeah. It's so what place. what can you do with that extra payment you send out to somebody else in your own financial life? Amazingness. There you go. Mike, that was a subliminal message for you.
1: Hey, Carol, I saw you had to eat your words, man. Go ahead and get it in, bro.
4: Oh, man. All I was going to say is that um, Us is already the highest grossing horror film debut. Like, it has the biggest debut of any mil? horror film. Huh?
1: At 70? It's still at 70 mil?
4: Uh, I don't know where it's at, but it it already has. I saw something it, say it was at 70 It's mil, the biggest mil. opening weekend yeah. for a horror
1: film. I didn't even think it was like a horror film. I guess it is that thriller suspense horror film, I guess. I mean, it has some horror film music, but man, that thing is a, <laughs> it's like a, man, it's a history lesson. That's the hell it is. It's crazy. But um, yeah, Mike, you got to see it, bro. Yeah. Can't wait. Growth Alchemist. Take us home, baby.
4: Man, this was a, 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 a a Greek podcast, man. What you want me to take us home to? I mean Man,
1: you was doing a whole lot of writing, man. Knew, you
4: know, no, man, I was doodling. I wasn't writing. <laughs> <laughs> uh listen, man, I I I can put something out there. So for those of you out there, um Mike, be careful who you align yourself with. And make sure that you don't just look at the benefit for today. What is the benefit um, for years from now? And are you willing to have the same commitment 20 years from now as you do today? And that goes from, for organizations, projects, whatever it may be um, marriage Um, beyond the excitement of planning the wedding and having this big wedding, um, are you willing to put in the work that's necessary to maintain after the fact? Right. And that's something that I think we get really excited about when things present themselves, but we don't always think about the, the long game. We always think about the short game. So think about your long game before you commit. Mm-hmm.
1: There it is, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you all for listening here with us on the 13th floor where the furniture isn't always the best, but the views are Amazing.
0: 27 years. 10. <laughs> the 13th floor. floor. <laughs> wow. Wow. I can never pay $225, man. The 13th floor. floor.